of this country is known as Friday Junior, which means what can we set this up with? A happy hour right here on the morning after on SportsGrid. Our third and final hour on this Thursday, and you are listening on Sirius XM Channel 159, the new home for SportsGrid Radio on Sirius XM and all across the SportsGrid Network. I'm your host, Ben Stevens. Happy hour picks for you and three great guests to get you in to Friday and getting look ahead to the weekend as well. Liv Moods from Volume and FanDuel joins us next to look around the landscape in the world of sports. Then Pam Maldonado from Yahoo Sports breaks down the college football weekend. And then Mike Blewett from right here on the grid. An NFL Week 11 preview that begins tonight on a Thursday between the New England Patriots and the Atlanta Falcons. But first, to start off this third and final happy hour, it is also our West Coast wake-up. A shout-out to everybody that is waking up with us now on the West Coast and watching on Spectrum Sportsnet Los Angeles, where you can see the morning after in full each and every weekday morning, 9 a.m. Pacific time until noon out there in the greater Los Angeles area. A team in L.A. right now that is absolutely balling, the number two team in the country in college basketball, the UCLA Bruins. Again, another impressive victory last night in Westwood. UCLA knocking off North Florida by 35 points, winning 98-63. to Number two, UCLA who made it to the final four last year. Now a perfect 4-0, including a win over number four Villanova at the time last Friday night at Pauley Pavilion. So UCLA off to a perfect 4-0 start. They are also 3-1 against the spread. They covered last night as a 25.5, 26-point favorite against North Florida. The only game UCLA has not covered in this year two games ago as a 26 and a half point favorite they still won that game by 20 plus UCLA has also played all four of their games to an over so far this year if you are getting excited for a final four rematch between UCLA and Gonzaga on the hardwood in college basketball that comes up in just a couple of days November 23rd against the Gonzaga Bulldogs one of the best non-conference games you will see in college basketball all season long number one versus number two right now gonzaga number one in the country ucla number two a rematch of that wonderful final four game that went to overtime courtesy of jalen suggs hitting the game winner banking in the shot from half court onions as bill raftery would say for that game so as we look forward not only at ucla basketball but also ucla football the crosstown rivalry on the gridiron this weekend ucla in USC, the battle for the victory bell in college football in the Los Angeles area. Right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook, UCLA football, a three-and-a-half-point favorite against the Trojans. This game will be played at the Coliseum in Los Angeles, an over-under total of 65-and-a-half. The battle for the victory bell, that's the trophy they play for, the 91st all-time meeting between the Bruins of UCLA and the Trojans of Southern Cal. USC has won five of the last six in this meeting. UCLA won three straight prior to these most recent six games. So far this year, UCLA six and four straight up, six and four against the number. They have covered in three of the last five games. They will be a favorite. What exactly the number is before we get to Saturday afternoon. That remains to be seen. But right now, a three and a half point favorite. UCLA four and three against the number as a favorite this year as we welcome in our Sports Grid radio audience here. The third and final very happy hour on the morning after on this Thursday. You're listening on Sirius XM Channel 159, 
the Mightier 1090 out on the West Coast as well. This, our West Coast wake up, a rivalry game in Los Angeles this weekend on the gridiron, UCLA and USC. Neither team really where we thought they might be at this point of the year. USC, of course, firing their head coach Clay Helton just after a couple weeks into this regular season. UCLA had some prospects early on to maybe compete for the South Divisional title in the Pac-12. That has not been the case. But UCLA, 6-4 and four straight up, 6-4 and four against the spread. USC, just 4-5 and five straight up this year, below 500, only 3-6 and six against the number. They have also only been, been an underdog two times this year, but two of the last three games, USC has been booked as an underdog. The Trojans have not covered in four straight games. Their game last week was postponed against Cal because of some COVID issues with UC Berkeley. So now back in action. The highest total for UCLA, or USC, excuse me, so far this year at 65 and a half. UCLA has played three straight overs. This is the second highest total of the year for the Bruins. And we know what Chip Kelly and UCLA wants to do when it comes to a game plan perspective this year. The 21st best rushing offense in the country is UCLA right now. The third best rushing offense in the Pac-12 conference, averaging more than 209 rushing yards per game. USC, meanwhile, allowing 164 yards per game on the ground. I wouldn't mess with the total too much this weekend for an early lean here. Again, the highest for USC this year, and although the Bruins have played three straight games to an over, the second highest total at 65 and a half. As things stands, and I know a rivalry game can complicate things, and it's past a key number of three and what might be a tightly contested matchup at the Coliseum, I'd probably lean with the favorite in UCLA, though. Just what we've seen out of the Bruins so far this year, UCLA has looked like the stronger side. They have covered in three of their last five. USC has not covered in four straight games. The battle for the victory bell in Los Angeles on Saturday. UCLA, a three-and-a-half-point favorite right now against USC. Coming up on the other side of the break, Liv Moods joins us for some leans all across the sports landscape. Stay with us here on the morning after Sirius XM Channel 159. We'll be back for the break. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rolling on here on a Thursday on the morning after on Sports Grid. Sirius XM, Channel 159, and all across the Sports Grid network. I'm your host, Ben Stevens. Thursday night football tonight in Atlanta begins week number 11 of the NFL season. Now firmly into the second half of the NFL regular season. Two more regular season months to go, and then into early January, because do not forget, this is the biggest NFL season we have seen in the history of the National Football League. 18 regular season weeks, 17 NFL regular season games for each and every team, all 32 across the league. So let's focus on Thursday night football tonight. The Atlanta Falcons 
hosting the New England Patriots. The Falcons, a six and a half point home underdog. The over under total is at 47. This line opened up in New England's favor at five and a half, got all the way up to seven yesterday at that key number of a touchdown. And the over under also opened up at 46 and a half, got up to 47 and a hook yesterday. Now back down to 47. The spread also falling back down by a hook under that key number of a touchdown. The Pats favored by six and a half points. The reason New England, even on a short week, is nearly a touchdown favorite is because they have won four straight games. They have won five of their last six. They have covered in four straight games. And they have covered in two straight when booked as a favorite. That is where they are right now. They have been a favorite in their last two games. This will be the third in a row, laying six and a half on the road against the Atlanta Falcons. Atlanta, meanwhile, just four and five against the number, not covering by an average margin of more than a touchdown per game. They have been an underdog so far five times this season, have the Atlanta Falcons. They have only covered twice in five games as an underdog. As my father always says, and for whatever reason, I think it kind of hits sometimes, a hometown team as an underdog in prime time on a short week. Something about that. Atlanta, this is a big spread tonight of six and a half. Now, you look at that over-under total that is up by a hook from an opener of 46 and a half. New England has played five of their last six games to an over. Yes, the New England Patriots, who the first five weeks of this NFL season did not even break the 25-point mark in any of those five games. But now New England has the sixth best scoring offense in the entire NFL, averaging 27 and a half points per game. You couple that with the fact New England has the second best scoring defense in the National Football League, allowing less than 18 points per game to their opponent. That's pretty solid. Then you also add on the fact that Atlanta has the second worst scoring defense in the NFL, allowing their opponents to score 29.2 points per game on average. So maybe that goes into the idea of a total even for a short week at 47. But again, a reminder for you out there, seven of the last Thursday night football games have trended toward the under. The only three overs we have on Thursday night football so far this year, the opening week of the year, New England, or excuse me, New England, Tom Brady on the mind, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys, the second week of the year between the Washington football team and the New York Giants, and two Thursdays ago, a 45-30 win for the Indianapolis Colts over the New York Jets. The Jets have played six straight overs because they have the worst scoring defense in the NFL. New York has really, really struggled here over the last couple of weeks. In fact, New England scored 54 points against the Jets just a couple of Sundays ago. So that's how things stand for Thursday night football from a spread, total, and trend perspective. Now let's break it down from a prop perspective. The quarterback props tonight. You got the rookie and the vet, as Drake would say here. Mac Jones, 252 and a half for his passing yards prop. Matt Ryan, 250 and a half. I would not touch the over of Mac Jones's passing yards prop with a 10-foot pole. Mac Jones has only gone over this number of 252 and a half in four of the 10 games this year, only over once in the last six. That means five of his last six games under, including the last two weeks when Mac Jones did not throw for more than 200 yards. He is averaging just 239.2 passing yards per game. So how do we think on a short week, the rookie on the road is going to go over 252 and a half? No siree, not for me. I don't like taking unders in the prop market. I'm probably not going to do that here, but I would not 
touch and over. This is not a shot at Mac Jones. He has been incredibly efficient and done so well in Josh McDaniel's offense. It's the reason he now has the second shortest odds to win the NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year at plus 130, only behind Jamar Chase, who is even money at plus 100. But for the passing yards prop tonight at 252 and a half, no, sir, not for me. Maybe Matt Ryan, though. 250 and a half is a slightly big number for Matt Ryan. He has gone over in five of the nine games for Atlanta this year. He in, in those five games where he has gone over, he has had at least 283 passing yards in each of the five games he has gone over this total of 250 and a half. In fact, in four of those five games, Matt Ryan has eclipsed the 300 yard mark. So maybe you look to an alternate passing yards prop market for Matt Ryan tonight to throw for 275 passing yards or more. That's it. Plus 154 for Matt Ryan tonight to break the 300 yard mark or at least to hit it or go over. That's it. Plus 265. The passing yards prop market, especially on an alternate level for a short week on Thursday night and what might be an uglier game just based on precedent. It's kind of tough to do, but there's a lot of plus money there to be had. Also, you could look to the receivers for Matt Ryan and Mac Jones tonight, who has developed as one of Mac Jones's favorite receivers this year, Kendrick Bourne out of Eastern Washington. Now, here's just a fun fact about Eastern Washington when Kendrick Bourne was playing there and Cooper Cup. Yeah, Cooper Cup and Kendrick Bourne were both playing at Eastern Washington, an FCS team at the same time. Talk about trying to guard them on defense. In fact, my roommate played safety at Cal Poly San Luis Obispo and shut down Cooper Cup. Only four grabs for 19 yards on that day. Again, just fun facts here to set up a Thursday night football game between the Patriots and the Falcons. So let's look at Kendrick Bourne and his receiving yards prop tonight. 35 and a half is the number for the leading wide receiver on the New England Patriots. Kendrick Bourne last week, four grabs, 98 yards in that blowout against the Cleveland Browns. In fact, Kendrick Bourne has gone over this number of 35 and a half for his receiving yards prop in four of the last five games. Here you are seeing Hunter Henry, one of the leading red zone targets for Mac Jones so far this year. Hunter Henry plus 195 Anytime touchdown prop tonight, he has been huge in the red zone for Mac Jones. As FanDuel's Ryan Williams shared with you earlier on in this program, Hunter Henry found the end zone twice last week against the Cleveland Browns. He might not go over his receiving yards prop, but plus 195 to find Pater, that's some really good value on Hunter Henry and Kendrick Bourne to go over 35 and a half receiving yards over in four of the last five games. Also seems like some pretty good value to me for the New England Patriots from a prop perspective tonight. I want to dive into this real quick here and make sure we have the updated odds here on the FanDuel Sportsbook because overnight there weren't many rushing yards props up for this game because of the uncertainty of Cordero Patterson, Cordero Patterson for the Atlanta Falcons, and also Damian Harris on the other side for the New England Patriots. Damian Harris, who has been the leading rusher for the Pats this year, missed last week in concussion protocol for New England he might be back this week. At least that's the indication from the FanDuel Sportsbook. His rushing yards prop tonight is 51 and a half. The only two other players with rushing yards props up there right now, Mac Jones at four and a half and Matt Ryan at three and a half for the Atlanta Falcons. Neither guy very mobile. Neither guy prone to take off and break the pocket. Damian Harris at 51 and a half. Monitor this market throughout the day because it will be interesting to see 
what the New England Patriots do with Ramondre Stevenson if Damian Harris is playing. Stevenson, a rookie out of Oklahoma, has broken the 100-yard mark in total yards from scrimmage in the last two weeks. Last week against Cleveland, 20 carries, 100 yards, two touchdowns, four grabs for 14 yards, and then two weeks ago, 62 rushing yards, 44 receiving yards against the Carolina Panthers. So we shall see if and when they hang a prop on Ramondre Stevenson, either on the ground or maybe total yards from scrimmage, rushing plus receiving yards, if there is an edge to be had in that area of the prop market. So the NFL enters week number 11. College football enters the second to last Saturday of the regular season. We preview a whole slew of games on the other side of the break here on the morning after to get you set for some CFB. Stay with us here on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Morning after on this Thursday continues right here on Sports Grid. Sirius XM Channel 159. I am Ben Stevens and now very pleased to welcome on to the show once again Pam Maldonado from Yahoo Sports to help us break down the weekend in college football. Pam, first, how sad are you that this is the second to last weekend of the regular season in college football? It's felt like this year has flown by. Um, now I am super depressed because I didn't realize the second to the last week, that's it. Oh man, I I definitely thought we had more time. That's, that's depressing. (laughs) It is truly is like, I remember breaking down Oregon and Ohio state with you for that second week of the regular season in a huge non-conference matchup. And that felt like yesterday. And now here we are at the ending portion of November and just two more Saturdays in the regular season then conference championship weekend, then we'll get the final college football playoff poll, and then it's bowl season, but it's coming down to an end, and it's very, very sad. But that's why this weekend, we need Pam's expertise. She breaks down college football (laughs) with the absolute best of them. And Pam, I want to start with a game featuring that college football playoff Cinderella. Cincinnati right now, who ranks number five in the country on the outside looking in, and as it stands... At least since he's toughest test in the regular season portion of their conference slate. This weekend, Cincinnati takes on SMU. Since he laying 10 and a half against the Stangs for this upcoming weekend, the over-under total for this matchup, 64 in a hook. So, Pam, we know that Cincinnati has struggled to cover the number in the last four weeks. 0-4 against the spread in the last four weeks against the American. Do you think the Bearcats can buck that trend this weekend? No, <laughs> I do like SMU plus 11 and a half. I would take gladly take the Mustangs at any number that you gave me down to like a touchdown because I Cincinnati, I've been saying it all season long. This is not the same Cincinnati defense that we saw in 2020. It is large. It's a huge discrepancy, to be honest. Last year, Cincinnati team, they were a top 10 pass rush. Right now, they're barely cracking in the top 50. Last year, if you remember, some of the most potent offenses in all of college football, they held SMU, Memphis, Houston, East Carolina, 
all to 17 points or less. Well, this year, now look at the teams that they are facing. They're allowing 20 points or more in half of the games that they have played. So it's not it's not the same defense. It's not the same offense. Desmond Ritter, he has been great. Um, I rightfully believe that he should not be a Heisman contender, but they're 50th or top 60 in total offense, and they're not excelling at any particular part of this offense where you have SMU, who is top 10 in passing yards, led by quarterback uh, Tanner Mordecai. He has 37 touchdowns this season, over 3,200 passing yards. The difference with Cincinnati is that they have been playing one-dimensional rushing offenses, and now you're facing an actual passing team. I love SMU catching the points here. SMU, the fifth best scoring offense in all of college football. So to Pam's point, if Cincy's defense struggles, SMU can take advantage. They are averaging nearly 40 points per game. SMU this year has only been booked as an underdog once before. It was in the non-conference portion of the slate. They won outright against TCU. This line has worked in SMU's favor as well. And Pam, the reason I say this is the Bearcats' best shot to maybe impress the committee if they do take care of business in a stern way against SMU, they might play Houston in the American Athletic Championship game. But as far as the regular season goes, this is their best chance to show the CFP committee, hey, maybe we can be one of those final four teams to make the college football playoff a huge game for Cincinnati, who right now plus 320 on the FanDuel Sportsbook to make the college football playoff. Pam, not too long ago, we were discussing a game between Clemson and Pittsburgh in the ACC, where Clemson was an underdog for the first time in a conference game since the 2014 season. Clemson is not an underdog this weekend. In fact, they are laying four and a half points in Death Valley against Wake Forest, but it makes no sense to me that Clemson should be a favorite. Pam, do you believe the Tigers should be favored against Wake Forest this Saturday? If a line confuses me, the answer is stay away. And that's exactly what this is. I myself have myself, I'm wondering why is Clemson the favorite in the spot? But you have the Tigers who have played two passing offenses. They lost both games. It was 27-21 loss to NC State in overtime and a 27-17 loss to Pitt. The huge difference between those matchups and this one against Wake Forest is that Wake, the Demon Deacons, they don't have any type of defense whatsoever. They are bottom 30 in total defense and 80th against the pass, bottom 20 against the run. It really helps their case that Clemson doesn't have much of an offense to go off of. But I do lean to the Wake Forest side here because if the Clemson Tigers catch themselves in a play from behind situation, are you going to trust uh, Uagilele to come back and put up some points? Even if it is a susceptible Wake Forest defense, the answer to me is no. I trust Sam Hartman. I, I love what he's doing. Um, my concern is his percentage completion is below 60%, even though he has all the passing touchdowns and passing yards. But still, I like Wake Forest offense since they both can pass and run to contend against a Clemson defense. I would, and but the, what's interesting about this also is that the line opened three and a half, and it's now four and a half. Yeah. So the market is telling what? you that they have interest in Clemson. This game is confusing in all types of angles. I lean to Wake Forest, but it's probably not going to be something that I get to the window with. Pam is absolutely spot on there. Not only does it make, not make sense that Clemson opened up as a favorite at three and a half, you double that with the fact the line has worked in the Tigers' favor if you don't know the reason for something, there's probably people with algorithms and models that are smarter than anybody out there that are dictating why the market is moving this way. So, yeah, 
a stay away spot. Like I love Wake Forest plus 172 on the money line in thought mm-hmm. of this game, but right. I struggle to get there with how the line has worked and the fact that Clemson is even a favorite at this point. Just two and seven against the spread for the Clemson Tigers as a favorite this year. They have been favored in all but one game, that game against Pittsburgh that we mentioned. Also, Pam, one final note here on the over under for this game 57 and a half, the second lowest for Wake this year. The Demon Deeks have gone over in five of their last six games because they can score and their defense doesn't really slow anybody down either. So, Pam, part of a marquee matchup that we have all across the board this weekend. That a huge game in the ACC. If Wake wins, they wrap up the Atlantic Division and a berth in the ACC title. A huge game in Big Ten country in the Big Ten East Division. Ohio State at home in the shoe in Columbus hosting Michigan State. The Buckeyes, Pam, laying 19 and a half. Again, a number that's like, what? It's a top 10 matchup. Number four versus number seven. 19 and a half, near three touchdowns. What do you make of this Big Ten battle? You know, the last person, you can be the worst student in your graduating class, but you still graduated. So rankings to me don't matter. Ohio State minus 19 (laughs) is the play for me. I would look at Ohio State team total over. I like the over in this game. (laughs) There's just a lot to like about this because it's pretty simple. You have the number six passing offense in C.J. Stroud, who is a Heisman contender, by the way against the literal worst passing defense in all of college football. There's only 130 teams in college, and Michigan State is 130th against the pass. And you actually just saw a replay of this. This is going to be a complete, we saw a preview, this is gonna be a repeat. Um, Purdue, they defeated Michigan State 40 to 29, had nearly 600 yards of total offense, 536 of that came in the passing game from quarterback Aiden O'Connell. Now you have C.J. Stroud, who I'm really high on to win the Heisman. And the difference between the Boilermakers and Ohio State is that Purdue is 70th against the run. Ohio State is top 15, so I don't expect Kenneth Walker III to have a good game. I expect him to drop out of the Heisman chat. I expect Ohio State's C.J. Stroud to move up in the Heisman chat. And maybe the odds are going to get worse for them to win the Natty. But I like Ohio State. Laying the points. I don't think it can get high enough. I love Ohio State. Lay the team total over. Lay the 19. I love Ohio State in this spot. The Buckeyes. Yeah, Pam, I have to agree with you there. C.J. Stroud, now the favorite to win the Heisman Trophy on FanDuel, plus 150 ahead of Bryce Young after last week's performance for Ohio State, where, Pam, they scored 42 points against Purdue on their first 29 plays of the game. Ohio State, the top-scoring offense in all of college football, averaging more than 46 points per game. And as Pam alluded to, Sparty, the worst passing defense in all of the country, not just the Big Ten Conference, all oh. of the country. I think you could pick a wide receiver. Jackson Smith and Jibba, Chris Olave, <laughs> Garrett Wilson, doesn't matter. Also maybe taken over for a receiving yards prop. Quickly here, Pam, a great game in the Pac-12. That might be a Pac-12 championship game preview in Salt Lake, this city, this week. Utah, minus three and a half at home against Oregon, the number three team in the country. Utah, the favorite. Do you agree with the line? Um, This is another game where I kind of don't know what to do with it. I would lean to the Oregon side because my question mark was, why is Oregon the underdog in this spot? Um, I would consider Oregon outright for this. They have just a better offense right now. Utah has the better defense. I think this is going to be a really ground and pound. It's going to be a typical Pac-12 game. I think it's going to be close. If you're giving me anything more than a field goal, I would consider the underdog. 
Yeah, Utah and Oregon, two of the top 15 rushing offenses in all of the country. Oregon, the third best rushing offense in the country. Good this game is at home in Salt Lake for the Utes. They are perfect at home straight up this year against Oregon. Pam Maldonado from Yahoo Sports breaking it down for college football, the second to last Saturday of the regular season. Although we are sad, we give you some edges and opportunities as well. Pam, as always, thank you very much for coming on the morning after. Thanks for having me. The second to last Saturday. It is sad times, but still so many great games. And as Pam and I were discussing, games that will not only affect, impact the races for a conference championship, but also the college football playoff as well. Coming up on the other side of the break, Mike, Mike Blewett from right here on the grid joins us to look at NFL week number 11, including Thursday night football tonight. Stay with us here on Sports Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. NFL week number 11 begins tonight on a Thursday night in Atlanta, Georgia. Our week 11 preview rolls on here on the morning after on Sports Grid. Sirius XM channel 159 and all across the Sports Grid network. I'm your host, Ben Stevens, joined now by our good friend, Mike Blewett. Mike is the host of Pro Football Today right here on the grid every Sunday morning to get you set for the NFL Sunday slate. 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern time right here on the grid. Fantasy questions, prop perspectives, lines, spreads, totals, all of it. The edges are to be had when Mike Blewett comes on Sports Grid programming. So we are very glad to have him here on a Thursday getting us set for NFL Week 11. Mike, as always, thank you for being here on the grid. Good to be here, buddy. Normally we do this on Friday, but your boy Shames told me let's move it over to Thursday. We'll pick it back up on Monday. So we'll be spending the same amount of time with one another. Uh, Happy to be here talking a little Thursday night football, which obviously these games aren't pretty. They have not been pretty for quite some time. We've seen a whole bunch of unders overall. Mm -hmm. And the home dog on a Thursday night, I know it's not pretty, Ben but we might have a hold-your-nose underdog tonight. Blewett, variety is the spice of life, and normally on Fridays we are recapping what happens on Thursday night. Now we preview it, and to echo your points right there, seven of the last eight Thursday night football games have hit to the under, and Atlanta right now is a home six-and-a-half-point underdog. It seems, Mike, like you are leaning a couple of ways for this evening. How do you approach this matchup between the Pats, who have won four straight games, and the Atlanta Falcons in a Super Bowl 51 rematch? Yeah, so I would say that the Patriots are playing as well as any team in the AFC in terms of being able to rack up wins. They're putting points on the board. They obviously boat raced the Jets. They were able to really dominate the Browns. Mac Jones playing well, but... Uh, as much as Mac Jones is in the catbird seat for rookie of the year, uh, offensive rookie of the year, and as much as he has outdistanced his competition through the first 10 weeks of the season in terms of this rookie QB class, it hasn't been perfect. I just think that you always have to look at the Patriots as a team that 
has always built throughout the season. That's sort of Belichick's model. The preseason doesn't really allow much for them to do, so they have always utilized September, parts of October, in order to be able to figure out what they can do and what they want to do and how they expand on it. Now, Tom Brady used to be the quarterback, and he covered up any warts early on in the season. But with Mac Jones, it's a true building process, and I think we're seeing a much better team now than we saw a month ago. I think they absolutely are in position to be a playoff team. I don't think they get the division, but right now the Pats are playing well, certainly better than the other teams in contention for the wild card. In terms of this game tonight, I as much as the unders have been hitting, I don't and I am more likely to be an under better on, on Thursday night football than in other scenarios. I don't feel great about it only because I think the Falcons could put up a couple of touchdowns, which would help get you there. If the Patriots were to uh, engage in another blowout, I think we're going to see uh, a potential for them to go over and the the Falcons still be able to get you there. Now, the Falcons have been very uneven. I, I have to give Arthur Smith more credit than not because this is a team that I feel like has been very depleted in talent, plus they're missing Calvin Ridley. And they've still been able to claw back to 500. My my ultimate opinion on this game is I think the Pats get the W. It's a home dog on a Thursday night. I'm going to take the points, six and a half. I'd love to get it to seven, although I don't know that it'll get bet there. In terms of the total, I'd lean under, but I don't feel great about this under and compared to other weeks. Yeah, Blue, it did get to seven yesterday afternoon in New England's favor. Now back down by a hook to six and a half, an opener at five and a half, up from that opening line of five and a half, now to six and a half in New England's favor. Also, you see the BC hat above Mike Blewett's right shoulder there. Oh, yeah. Any interest in a Matty Ice prop tonight for the Atlanta Falcons? Matty Ice props have been killing people this year because there are a lot of expectations, including my own, for him to throw a lot this year. In fact, I'll be the first one to say I'm taking my first official L on air of my seasonal futures. I had Matty Ice to lead the league in passing yards because I thought they'd be throwing so much. But unfortunately, the offense has just been broken at times. Uh, and he's not going to be able to get there. He's uh, 11th in the league in passing yards per game. Maybe he climbs a little bit higher, but he's not going to get there. He's not going to ring that bell. In terms of his consistency of passing yards, that has been a difficult one. You can see right now live, it's 250 and a half, so a fairly low number, but that also bakes into the fact that the Patriots have been pressuring the quarterback fairly well, Matt Judon. I would argue right now Matt Judon is probably the best free agent signing uh, in football this season, certainly on the defensive side of the ball, and he's been able to terrorize opposing quarterbacks. This Atlanta offensive line, despite having three first-round draft picks, does not play like that at times. And Matty Ice has seen situations where he's gotten beaten up a little bit. Um, Given the fact that I'm taking the points here, and I don't think it's a blowout, Ben, uh, I think this will be a little bit more of a conservative game offensively. I would lean to the Matty Ice under, but all bets are off if the Pats go up big. You know, he might start throwing interceptions. You, you never know. I, it, it's a desperate time for Matt Ryan, but I am not of the opinion that he is the main source of their issues this year. I just think this is a talent-depleted football team, especially defensively. 
Yeah, right now, Matt Ryan at 250 and a half, like Mike Blewett mentioned there. Every time he has gone over that number, five times in nine games for Atlanta this year, he has had at least 283 passing yards. For those, four, for those five overs, he has had 300 or more passing yards for the Atlanta Falcons. And Blewett, to echo your point about feeling a little bit uneasy about this over-under total of 47, the Pats have played five of their last six games to an over for a New England team yeah. that now ranks sixth best in scoring offense in the NFL, averaging 27 and a half points per game. They didn't break the 25 point mark in the first five weeks of the season. So they have turned it on against some bad defenses in Atlanta, the second worst scoring defense in all of the NFL, allowing their opponents to score 29.2 points per game. So blew it as we move on from Thursday night football that begins week number 11, Looking across the Sunday slate, you host pro football today each and every Sunday right here on the grid, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern to get people set for that NFL Sunday slate. A game that intrigues me in that early window, the Indianapolis Colts on the road against the Buffalo Bills. Right now on FanDuel, this line has worked slightly in Indy's favor. The Colts getting seven on the road in Buffalo. The over-under total up by a point to 50 and a half. Blew it. The reason it intrigues me is because the number seems a little bit too big on Buffalo. What say you? Uh, I think I'm with you on this one because we have not seen, while we've seen very dominant offensive performances out of the Bills, we had not seen it week over week, right? We saw what happened to them against Jacksonville. I think we have a lot of doubts in their run game. The Colts are also have also been an inconsistent team but i would say i would submit that over the last six weeks or so they've played pretty darn good football i know they had the loss to the titans and it was a wacky end of game situation with carson wentz but in general they have played like a team that is deserving of consideration for one of these playoff spots i i think that I'm not really going to be in the habit later in the season. And I think it's officially later in the season now of laying touchdowns wherever we go. I think it is a really tough ask for the Colts to go on the road and win this game, but for the Bills to beat them by more than a touchdown, which you'd need here to win the bet, I don't feel comfortable laying that to teams that have some familiarity with one another and uh, it being an important divisional conference game. Uh, division in terms of where the Bills and the Colts stack up against their personal divisional rivals. I would be more inclined to take the points in this one, uh, but I kind of like an over here. I think both teams can score a little bit. I know it's mm. asking the Carson Wentz-led offense to score on a tough Bills defense, but I can see this one going up and down the field a little bit uh, in the, later in the first half as these teams get into a rhythm. Yeah, Blue, that total opened at 49 and a half, now at 50 and a half, the second highest total of this weekend, the highest 56 points for an over-under in Arrowhead Stadium between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday. Right now, the Chiefs, a two and a half point favorite, part of that late afternoon window on your Sunday slate. Blew it a big game for both of these teams for the Cowboys to prove their legitimacy as a true contender in the NFC, for the Chiefs to say, finally. Finally, KC is certainly back as a Super Bowl contender again. How do you approach this matchup between the Cowboys and the Chiefs? Well, I'll throw one question back to you. Give me what you think Please. is the Chiefs' signature win this season. I think it's last week on Sunday night against the Las Vegas Raiders winning by 27 points. 
Right, but that Raiders team also not the same team that they were, say, a month ago. I, my point True. that I'm driving at is this would absolutely be their signature win by leaps and bounds, beating a Jordan Love-led Packers team and a Raiders team that is going through, uh, I would say, as much of a challenging off-field season as we've seen in recent years, if not ever. I think it's uh, really difficult to say that the Raiders are in the right mindset to keep trudging through uh, the difficult uh, pitfalls of this NFL season. Um, it would really be an unbelievable win for the Chiefs for them to pull this off against a Cowboys team that when you start stacking up what they do well, offensively, they are extremely versatile. Kellen Moore obviously going to be a head coaching candidate next year. You have when Zeke is out, Tony Pollard can come in. They use all the receipt. They use every receiver. CD Lamb with a huge game the other day. I think he's their best receiver. But if they deprioritize him, they can just use Amari Cooper and now even Michael Gallup and a host and their sort of two-headed monster at tight end. I, I think they're better at almost every level. And the Chiefs were still hanging on to some name recognition for them and hoping that we get to see Pat Mahomes be elite Pat Mahomes. We've seen. Uh, we saw a glimpse of it last week. That game, despite it being a huge blowout, I think landed right on the total number, Ben, of 55. This one at 56, I would love to see it go over. I'm going to bet it under. I think the Cowboys get the win and try to keep Pat Mahomes on the sideline a little bit more run heavy out of them this weekend. But I'd love to see it. Yeah, it game. did yeah, slightly went over for the Chiefs, depending on where you got that number against the Raiders. But that was because the Chiefs scored 41 points. They had played four straight unders prior to that. The Dallas Cowboys, the second best record ATS in the NFL, 8-1 and one against the number. The Chiefs only got their third cover of the year last week, 3-7 and seven ATS, winning as a 2.5-point favorite against the Vegas Raiders. Blew it. Tons of great information from you here on a Thursday. Looking ahead to Thursday night football to start off week 11 and then a couple of the marquee games, some of the biggest matchups we have on the Sunday slate as well. Mike Blewett, the host of Pro Football Today, each and every Sunday morning, 10 a.m. to 1 a.m. Eastern, or 1 p.m. Eastern. That'd be a long show. 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern right here on the grid. Blewett, as always, thank you so much. Hey, I'm up for a 12-hour show. We want to do it. Marathon, get some caffeine in me. I'm all for it. Enjoy the game tonight and uh, through the weekend. Phil Dracovic for Heisman. does it all. You know he would. Oh, for, yeah, Phil Dracovic Heisman. Yeah, for sure. Maybe minus two and a half this weekend against Florida State. Our best bets. That's next here on The Grid. sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com Thursday here on the morning after comes to a close in just a couple of moments. You have been listening on Sirius XM channel 159, the new home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM and watching all across the Sports Grid Network. I'm your host, Ben Stevens. But before we say farewell, 
before we say goodbye, let's give you a best bet for Thursday night football. The New England Patriots, a six and a half point road favorite in the Super Bowl 51 rematch against the Atlanta Falcons. Not spread, not total. Prompts. It's time for Bye Bye Bye. By the way, one thing I'm really proud of myself for is not bringing up and overloading you with this information today. We haven't mentioned any 28-3 references or made too many jokes in the Super Bowl 51 rematch. I could have set an over-under total at 12.5 for that on the broadcast tonight. Taken over. There will be a lot of that talk, so we didn't want to bear you down with that here on the morning after. All right, enough of that. Bye-bye-bye. Best bet. In the prop market tonight, the leading receiver on the New England Patriots Kendrick Bourne. Yes, he has had this great relationship starting up right now with Mac Jones. His receiving yards prop tonight on the FanDuel Sportsbook is a small number, only 35 and a half. But Kendrick Bourne has gone over this number in four of the last five games for New England. Last week in that blowout against Cleveland, four receptions, 98 yards. He is building that partnership with Mac Jones. The reason I like it, although he only had four catches last week, is because the number is small, 35 and a half. He could have four catches again and still go over that number against an Atlanta defense that ranks second to last in scoring defense in the NFL. And the Patriots have found something offensively. Now the sixth best scoring offense in the NFL, averaging 27 and a half points per game. The Patriots have gone over in five of their last six games. So Kendrick Bourne over 35 and a half receiving yards. Also maybe an over 135 and a half for Ohio State and Xavier, a college basketball best bet to end things off. The morning after each and every weekday right here on the grid, 9 a.m. Eastern time. I'm Ben Stevens. We'll see you tomorrow.